quick prayer as we invite our speaker for this morning. Lord Jesus, speak to us. We need to hear your voice. We've heard enough of other voices, enough of other opinions. We need to hear your voice. In Jesus' name we ask you. Amen. Promise and promises are two words that occur over a thousand times in different translations. Promise and promises. Our God is a promise-making and a promise-keeping God. He loves to make promises and he loves to keep promises. In fact, he thinks that relationships are built on promises. In fact, he thinks that you feel a sense of calmness when you hear something promised to you. I'll pay you. What a lovely promise. You know, I'll be there. What a lovely promise. Don't worry. I'll, I'll take care of it. What a great promise. We build our lives on promises and we build as believers our life on God's promises. So today I want to start a new series called God's Amazing Promises. There are so many, there are hundreds, there are thousands. I want to pick few and over the next few weeks I want to hit out one after the other and we are going to revive our faith and bring friends, bring loved ones and if I have to start a new service, I'm going to start another service. Okay, and so that's another thing that's coming up if we have to do as God brings more people to us. God has promised help. God has promised wisdom. Say wisdom. God has promised power. He has promised forgiveness. God has promised guidance, salvation, blessing, heaven, victory, success. So many other benefits of God's promises. You can't afford to miss this series. Okay, stick around. Make sure that you're here for all the series. If by any chance you have to travel, we are online. If you miss the online, we'll send you the link. And if you miss that, just let me know. I'll come home and I'll preach to you like there's no tomorrow. Okay? Before I begin the series, I want to tell you three facts. Number one, God wants me to build my life on his promises. Write it down. If you don't have notes, wave your hand. Somebody will come over and get it to you real quick. God wants me to build my life on his promises. Number two, God makes two kinds of promises. Two kinds of promises. One is an unconditional kind. That means he makes the promise and no matter what, no matter what, whether you change, don't change, follow, don't follow, fail, succeed, God's going to keep his promise. That's called an unconditional promise. Then God gives us conditional promises where there is a premise to the promise. If you do this, I will do this. If you do this, I will do this. If you don't do this, I'm not going to do this. So it's a promise, but it has a premise with it. And you've got to honor that premise. All right, number three. The third thing I want to tell you is God makes promises to us for two reasons. The first reason is to teach us how to trust him in difficult times. To teach us how to trust him in difficult times. Write it down, look at me. You don't need God's promises when life is great. Okay? When life is great, you're succeeding, money is rolling in, health is great, everything's fantastic. At that time, the only promise is it's going to stay that way. Right? That's the only promise you're looking for. When you really need promises is when you are going through a difficult times, you're running out of strength, you're running out of patience with loved ones, you're running out of, of the ability to keep forgiving, keep trusting, keep starting again, and keep on keeping on. That's when you need to remember what God has said and build your life on a promise. He teaches us to trust him during difficult times. Psalm 119 verse 50. When I'm hurting, I find comfort in your promise that leads to life. 
Psalm 119 verse 114, you are my refuge and my shield and your promises are my only source of hope. So if our circumstances were always great, we wouldn't need God's promises. So the reason he gives God's promises, he, the reason he promises and gives it to you in English in writing is because you're going to go through difficult times. You're going to go through dry times. You're going to go through painful times. Life is not easy. But God is with you. The second reason he gives you promises is because he wants you to be more like him. Listen to me. You cannot become more like Jesus if you are not dependent on his promises. What makes you more like Jesus is how you trust God's word to you. I hope you're listening to me. What makes you more like Jesus is when you trust God's word. The more you are like a child and just, but you told me, but you said, but you said you'll do this. The more you are like that in your faith towards God, the more like Jesus you're going to become. The more childlike, the more simplest, the more... Peter 1.4. God has made great and marvelous promises. What, and what, what promises? Great and marvelous promises. God has made great and marvelous promises. Why? So that his nature would become part of us. So you can't become like Jesus if you don't trust him. Alright? So we're going to look at some promises. And we'll start with the one that he talks about the most. Do you know what subject or what he has promised about the most, more than anything else by far in the Bible. More than faith, more than prayer, more than love, more than patience. The thing he has talked about the most and promised the most is on generosity. Is generosity. His promises connected to your generosity are the most number of promises in the Bible. Which basically means... He wants you to be generous. He wants you to be generous. Why? Because God is generous and he wants you to be like him. Whatever you hear today, hear the right thing. God wants you to be like him. The more you are like him, he will resource you to be more like him. The more you are generous like him, he will put you in a position to be more generous, to be like him. So this is not about being generous. This is about being like him. Are you getting this? This is not about being more generous. This is not about being more holy. This is not about being more this or patient or that. It is about being like him. God wants you to be like him. Why? Because you are his child. And he wants to see his face in you. And he wants to see his character in you. So let's kick this off. And the first and foremost one we want to talk about. Start with generosity. Generosity. And why is this so hard? Because giving challenges are selfishness giving challenges our selfishness we will spend on ourselves but a wallet won't open fast enough when we need to give to others we will spend on ourselves we will not even think sometimes we will not calculate we will not count we will not percentageify when it comes to ourselves but when it comes to giving, note, note, ginke. Note, note, ginke, we give. And we want pie for pie reward for that. It is a selfish trait. You know how many of us are selfish? 
Yes. We are all the same. Welcome to the family. But God wants to challenge that and that's why generosity. That's why generosity. So many of them, so many of them, these promises. Let's start with this one. Nine rewards God promises to me if I learn to be generous with money. Now those of you who have grown up with me under my ministry, you're seeing nine there, you're thinking nine preaching points. This we're going to hear, be here till Jesus comes. Maybe, but it's just nine points. Okay, so get your pen and paper, let's go for it. Number one. Nine rewards God promises to me if I learn to be generous with money. All right, number one, God promises good things will happen to me. God promises good things will happen to me. This is not a karma thing. Okay, you, you give and then good will come. God is saying that you're going to see the good of why you give. Did you hear that? English is a little tricky here. Okay, you're going to see the good of why you gave. I'm going to bring good into your life to see the result of why you gave. God promises. Psalm 112 verse 15. God, good will come to him who is what? Generous. Proverbs 22 9. Generous people will be blessed. They will be given. Okay. Now be very careful. Don't hear what I'm not saying. And this is not prosperity teaching. And I will bring that to bear a little later. But there is a blessing and a joy in doing and being like God himself. Number one, God promises good things. Number two, God promises my children will be blessed. He promises that my children will be blessed after me. So do I want my kids to be blessed? Do I want my children to prosper? Do I want my children to have favor, God's favor on their life? Even if they are not generous? Yes. Because my children sometimes are the most selfish kids on the face of the planet. Some parents have told me. And we want God's blessing on our children. And he's saying that when you are generous, God's blessing on you will go forward to the next generation. It will cross over to the next generation. Psalm 37. The godly are always generous and their children will be blessed after them. I am standing here in front of you as a exhibit A of goodness and anointing and blessedness. Blessedness. Because of the generosity of my mom and dad. My mom and dad have lived on faith and never held a, gotten a salary from the time dad gave his life to ministry. From the time he stepped into ministry, he has never looked to anyone or asked anyone for anything. And both of them have been on their knees and have sought God for every bill and for every fee. And they have given and given and given even when we didn't know what we would eat. We were buying gifts and we were helping other people. And we watched our parents just give away, give away, give away. I got angry. I got upset. I was... My sisters they just can't be bothered. They were young. They didn't know what was going on. My brother was two feet high off the ground. I, I was getting it. I was figuring this whole thing out. And I'm like, what about us? If you love us, shouldn't we be first? Shouldn't we be first? Now I realize when this, from this verse that they did love us. They didn't want to give us. They wanted God to give us. Because God can give us even after they are gone. And God is giving us. Today my father on, on the 4th of July he turned 86. 
And my mother and him are still serving. He's still preaching. And to this day, there's never been a situation where they have turned to me and said, can you give us some money or can you give us... A... To this day, I have not had the opportunity to pay them back. Because God has blessed the way they have given. God promises my children will be blessed after me. Number three, God promises he will bless my work and my business. Is God interested in your work? Your business, your career, your profession, your BPO, your investments. Is he interested in that? He's very interested in that. By the way, it was his idea. He gave you the smarts. He gave you the idea. In fact, one of the parables is about the talents. And he hates the guy who went and buried it. When it comes to investment, you invest and you double it. And he always uses the word multiply. God wants to multiply. Proverbs 3 verse 9. Honor the Lord with your giving. Giving in the first part of your income. From your first income, from anything that comes in, honor him with that. Give your first giving. First check. First pay. Give it to God. Say, Lord, you come first. You are the first thing that comes to my mind when I get money or when I get income. He says, then, look at your Bible, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will overflow with finest wine. Don't get excited about that. Some of you are saying, Pastor, barns? I don't have barns. Vat, I pay every day. But I don't have barns and vats. Well, he was talking to farmers and when they brought the harvest in, they would pile it up into the barns and if they, if they were, they, they, they were you looking after vineyards, they would save their wine in vats. And that is the investment. That is where you keep your savings. Do you want your savings to be protected by God? Some of you feel guilty that your savings are an indirect dependence on money. And you're thinking... I can't pray and ask God to look after my savings because that's actually my dependence there and God will feel bad that I'm not depending on him and I'm depending on that two and a half lakhs that's sitting over there. Yeah? No, 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 no. God wants to protect that and he wants to multiply it and he wants to, he wants to multiply it. That's a word that God loves. He loves to multiply what you put in his hands. Everyone was a farmer and he understood immediately business and investment barns and vats proverbs chapter 12, 11 verse 25 a generous man will prosper you want to prosper you want to do well in your work you want your work to do well did you hear that to do well in your work and then you want your work to do well some of you are doing work to recover from the work you did last time some of the work we do is damage control of the previous work. And our work needs never catches up with us. It is not blessed. And no matter what you're doing, what your career is, God wants your work to be blessed and your savings to be blessed. And he is interested in those numbers. Deuteronomy 15.10 says, Give freely and spontaneously. Don't have a stingy heart. The way you handle matters like this triggers God's blessing in everything you do, in all your work and ventures. Whenever you do this, when you show generosity, it triggers God's blessing on your work and on your business. God is interesting, interested in making it. Look, look at me. Listen to me. 
where do you get your money from where do you get your income from from your work and from your investments correct okay now if god wants to give you he's not going to give you from a tree he's not going to give you from the sky that kind of currency doesn't fly he wants to give you from your work he wants your rupee to double and to multiply he wants to give you and that means he has to bless your work he wants to bless your work so don't think of the earthly things as separate to spiritual listen to me listen to me don't think of your profession as separate to spiritual on on sunday you come to church all holy and sanctified and murindified and everything you come there and you and you're all you know like worship and hallelujah praise the lord okay and then you go to work and you turn into this other thing and it's just work and this earth and these people and this language and this currency and you turn into that and it is not sanctified god is saying i'll come with you i'll be your best investment advisor i will help you with your work but you've got to be like me and that's generous generous generosity and everything you do in all your work and ventures generosity tends to trigger something in god in his willingness and ability to to bless you number 4 god promises that i will be happier is that wrong is that wrong to want to be happy no one of the side effects one of the fruits of being generous is happy only generous people know that acts chapter 20 verse 35 says remember the words of the lord jesus himself who said there is more happiness in giving than in receiving there is more joy in it I saw that verse you know and it it hit me about 5 6 years ago and I said you know I was born and brought up in a pastor's home okay and we always depended on people depended on people depended on people on support and on gifts on this and that we were always praying it in praying it in okay great fine no problem then I went to bible college there also prayer lord please provide lord please provide and I was, and I was always on the receiving end I was always the one that was receiving and I got sick of it You know I was like I always thought that I am the one who's given my life to ministry you're going to work sinful <laughs> professional tax collector <laughs> you should support me because I am doing ministry and this is what I thought this is what I believed in and 5 6 years ago god hit me like a spear through my heart as he convicted me about this verse he says so they all give me and they are happy because it is better to receive give and then to receive you get the science here is deep stuff is better so they all are happy and they give to me and i am never happy because they never give enough I want to flip that around and I told God 5 6 years ago I can't remember exactly I told God 5 6 years ago I said God I want to serve you and that's not going to change I'm going to be in full time ministry and that's not going to change but what I want you to do is I want you to make me able to give much more than everybody in my ministry I want to be able to give so I will be happier than everybody else in my church and today i'm able to do that god has given me put me in a position god has given and he has blessed in such a way where this promise is true so this is coming from a very deep place for me i don't even the other pastors and other leaders and others going to ministry i don't suggest for them to go around collecting 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 like beggars because people give to beggars who beg like you give to beggars So if I beg how much you going to give me 
the way you give to a beggar. Correct? But when you are a partner in ministry, it's a whole different story. And God has made that true. God promises I will be happier. God promises my influence will increase. Write it down, number five. God promises my influence will increase. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25, 24. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. Say that again. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. This one is fun. And the world of the stingy gets smaller and he has to. He has to make his world smaller and smaller. Because he doesn't want to give anybody anything. Not time, not attention, not resources, not anything. So he has to keep his relationships at a bare minimum. Keep his world really small. So there's the least amount of demand on his life. <laughs> Stingy. Stingy. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. Number six, God promises I will end up with more. Wow. God promises I will end up with more. Luke chapter 6 verse 38. Jesus says, I give and it will be given back to you in full measure. What you receive will need to be pressed down and shaken together, but it will still run over and pour out into your lap. The way you give to others is the way God will give to you. Let's break that verse down for just a minute. Look at me. When you are generous, when you are generous, God is going to give you, okay? And when he gives you, you're going to have to shove it like shopping at Big Bazaar. And you're going to have to shove it down and you have to shake the bag to make everything fit. And still, it's going to overflow and fall into your lap because that's how God gives. Some of you don't believe me. Some of you don't, you've never experienced that. You've never experienced because you've never tested God, you've never tried God, and you've never really taken God's word. And if I am really generous, will God follow through on his plan? Because this message isn't really about generosity. This message is really about, can I trust God to be telling me the truth about this? Because this is money we're talking about. This is money. Time, hmm. gifts and talents, oh, sure, sure. Love and advice, ah, I can give that. But when it comes to money, can I really trust God's word on this? That's what this message is about. That's the problem. That's the challenge. Proverbs 11, 24. Some people give generously and end up with more, while others don't give what they should and end up poor. Should we do that again? Should we do that again? Some people give generously and end up with more. They give and they give and they give and they end up with more. And some don't give what they should and they end up poor. Because God doesn't give to you. God gives through you. God doesn't give to you. God gives through you. When you finish writing, look up. I want to explain something. You are a conduit of the blessing of God. You are a, a pipeline. You are a, you are a channel of the blessing of God. God wants to give you so that you can give to others. God wants to bless you so that you can bless others. When you become the person, the stop, the, the, the container to which God is giving, he stops giving because God, he knows he can, you can't handle what he has to give to you. You will burst. So unless it's going through you, he's not going to give to you. So when I give to somebody else, I pay a bill, I help a person, I am generous with someone. When I give, they, I am giving to. 
But God to me is giving through. Because he knows that as long as I am giving to, it will never get stuck with me and he can always give through. Think with me. If I am being generous and I had 100 rupees and I was generous with the 100 rupees, now I have given the 100 rupees, now what do I have? Do the math, do the math. Now what do I have? Zero. Very good. Okay. How long will God allow me to stay in a zero capacity in a zero condition, if I am to be constantly generous, think. Now if I am to be, con next moment somebody else comes and needs another 100 rupees. How long will God keep me without 100 rupees so that I am not, so if he doesn't give me the 100 rupees, I cannot be generous. So God has to keep his word. If he asks you to be like him, he has to resource you to be like him. Test him. Dare him. Jesus said to Satan in the, in the wilderness, he says, don't test God. Don't test God. That's true of everything else except giving. In one area, God has said, challenge me. Challenge me. Because it's not about the money. It's about you being a conduit. Can he give through you? Can he give through you? Because when he's giving through you, you are most like him. You are most like him. Let me tell you something. Between you and me. Don't tell anybody. Some of us are not that holy. Surprise? Yeah. Some of you are very holy. We can smell it. But some of us, most of us are not that holy. And many, many of us are not going to be the nicest people. We lose it. We break out in a rash over every little thing. Yeah. We, 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 we fail. We... We can't keep our word. We lie off every now and then little. Lie off a little bit. And it's hard. And you struggle with guilt. And it kind of piles up. And it's, it's a fight to be holy. It's a fight to be right. Are you with me so far? But what you can be is generous. What you can. One area where you can be just like Jesus is generous. That's not a problem. Because the moment you are run out of resources, because you've been generous, God's going to fill you up to be more generous like you have just been. Like he is. Are you getting this? Are you getting this? That's why he has not challenged you in the area of purity of the mind when it comes to pornography or when it comes to thoughts towards others or when it comes to loving, loving the unlovable. He's not challenged you in that area. He's not challenged you in, 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 in any other Area where his character has to be formed in you. He has challenged you only in giving. Think about what I'm saying. Did you get what I'm saying? There is no other area of holiness. He says, be holy as I am holy. Full stop. So he wants you to as much as possible. But in this one area, he's like, be generous. Be generous. Bring the whole tide into the house of the Lord. Don't rob God. He's challenged you to do this. If you're hearing a challenge from God this morning, then God is speaking to you right now. Proverbs chapter 19 verse 7. Being generous to the poor is like lending to the Lord and God will repay you back. Oh my goodness. That is insane. I had this thing, you know. Whenever I got to the red light crossing, you know, and, and the beggars would come, I wouldn't give them anything. I, I, I never gave them anything. And I had my whole philosophy and I used to narrate that whole philosophy to myself. It's a nexus, you know. 
the cops are in it on this whole thing and they never get the money anyway. And I had all these excuses of why I wasn't willing to help the person who touched my life with their need. And then I hit this verse. It says, being generous to the poor is like lending to the Lord and God will pay you back for what you have. Not the poor will pay you back. Not the poor will pay you back. God will pay you back. And God is not poor. And God's return record is 100%. He has no failed payments till date. God promises I will end up with more. God promising you, you will end up with more. Number seven, God promises to meet all my needs. You know this verse, Philippians chapter four. I want you to have the good that comes from giving. I want you to have the good that comes from giving. My God will use his wonderful riches in Christ Jesus to give you everything you need. Paul is saying, I want you to experience the goodness that comes out of your giving. He who gives to the poor will lack nothing, but he who closes his eyes to their needs will receive curses. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 and 8. We want to camp on this verse for just a second here. You should give as you have circle decided. You should give as you have circle decided, not as you have felt don't give as you feel. Give as you have decided. You don't feel about paying your taxes. Huh? When it comes to taxes, do you feel like it? When your student, when your, when your kid comes home with the third reminder for the fees, do you pay it because you feel like it? How much do I feel like giving? You know, we don't do that. But when it comes to God... We don't want to count. <laughs> it's, it's for God. No. God is not a beggar. God is not poor. We don't give to God like he is poor. When we give to the poor, God gives back to us when he owes us nothing. When we give to God, we give because we love him. Because we honor him. You should give as you have decided in your heart to give. Never give reluctantly. Don't. Don't. If you don't feel like giving, giving don't give. No, 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 no. Listen to me. If you don't feel like giving, don't give. Because your money is not going to bless us or you. Your money is not going to get blessed and it's not coming from a heart of worship. When you take out that money and you put it in the offering or when you send it online or when you give to a project or when you give to God, give it joyfully because you know this is one investment that's coming back for sure. This is one investment that has promises tied to it. That God is saying, you're giving to the poor, okay, pay him back. You're giving to my house, okay, make sure he's blessed. You're giving generously like me, okay, make sure he's happy. Let him see the good of his giving. This is one thing that God is watching you. Some of you think God is watching all my good deeds and bad deeds and he's always, you know, he's always watching everything wrong I do. No, no, no. God is watching for the good you do. God is watching for the generosity in you. And he goes berserk every time he sees his image in you. When he sees his character of generosity in you, he loves it. This morning, Jesus is telling you that he wants you to be like him. And that excites him. God promises that. He says, because God loves a person who gives, 
cheerfully then god will generously provide for you so that in all things in all times you'll have all that you need and plenty left over to give more to every good work god wants you to be invested in every good work number eight god promises he will multiply what i give him suckle the word multiply multiply this this is the word that god loves this is a word that god loves god promises he will multiply what i give him everything jesus ever did god ever did he has multiplied look at me when you're done god created in the beginning adam and yes well done god created adam and eve and he told the two of them to go and multiply that's god's maths for you and me one is plus one one plus one equals two i'm a simple guy this is not going to get very deep okay but in god's economy one into one equals three that's my personal experience he's doing very well by the way it was great spending time with him <laughs> so i just after the sambar vada it will come on lights will come on <laughs> one into one equals three god multiplies 5000 people okay here what do you got what do you got give me give me what you got okay i'm going to multiply it everything god ever does he multiplies it that's why watch this he gives seed to the farmer 2 corinthians 9 verse 9 and 11 10 and 11 just as god gives seed to farmers and bread for food just interesting just as god gives seed to farmers and bread for food interesting Do you know what a seed is? If you give a seed to a mechanic, what will he do with it? If you give seed to a accountant, what will he do with it? He'll count the seed. When you give seed to a farmer, what's he going to do with it? He sows. Keep your eyes on the scriptures here. God's going to speak to you just now. When you when God gives, God gives seed. God doesn't give fruit. God doesn't give you a full tree. Aaja beta le lo seed. God doesn't give you the full format of it because when you get a tree, you get one tree. That's it. But when you get seed, look at me, think with me. You'll forget the sermon by Tuesday, don't worry. When God gives you seed, he expects you to Yes, that's what a farmer does. And he knows that if you sow the seed, the seed's going to come back multiple of its own kind and it will bear fruit and it will give you more seed. So God gives seed. And what he wants you to do with seed is multiply it. Do you get this? And God is saying that generosity and money When you are generous and when you have money and you have generous with money you are sowing seed 
you are sowing seed and what happens to seed seed goes in the ground seed multiplies and you get a harvest of it so look at the verse back again just as god gives seed to farmers and bread for food what does he do god gives you a supply not one seed but a supply of seed to plant then then he makes it grow so not only does he give you the seed then you do your part you bury it and you multiply it then he makes that seed grow so even that part is not yours to do he gives you the seed and all he wants you to do is bury the best thing just bury it if you know how to what to do with seed god will do the rest you're not listening to me you're not listening to me if you know what to do with seed god will do the rest if you know what to do with money god will do the rest god gives you a supply of seed to plant then he makes it grow why so there's a great harvest from your generosity and god will make you rich enough to be generous at all times god gives seed this is not prosperity doctrine this is not prosperity doctrine this is not god tv sow the seed sow the seed and that usually means give it to one guy give that minister give that one money to one particular guy no don't give that to the guy don't give it to me either but when he says seed this is what he means god wants you to sow seed and seed is what you put in the ground and when you put it in the ground and you give it you give it to what god is doing got it he makes it grow you give it to what god is doing god makes what you have given a hundredfold and multiplies it there's your word multiply okay this is where this is not the prosperity doctrine the prosperity doctrine says you give 100 rupees you give 1000 rupees 1 lakh rupees is going to come back to you so the fellow sitting in front of his net banking waiting for 1 lakh to come out of nowhere grandfather's duck eggs is just going to come out of nowhere 1 lakh rupees this is that's the prosperity doctrine what i'm telling you is this don't miss this you give 100 rupees you're generous you give 100 rupees and the person takes 100 rupees and you have sowed seed of generosity god takes that 100 rupees and makes the goodness of that 100 rupees and multiplies the effect and impact of that 100 rupees so that it ends up being 2 crore worth of goodness to others god does that no you don't get the 2 crores god does that then you go to heaven hello you go to heaven and bartholomew you know bart he meets you there okay and then he's informing you of the rewards of your generosity and he says okay uh, how much did you give in your generosity you said how much did you give 100 rupees he says yahan pe to 2 crore likha hai mera to zindagi bhar maine kabhi 2 crore nahi dekhe i have not seen 2 crore when when did the 2 crore come i gave 100 rupees yeah you gave seed and god gave fruit and what you gave god multiplied didn't give it back to you because god doesn't give you money god gives you seed 
And God gives you seed because you know what to do with it. You sowed it. God multiplied it. And now you get this. You are going to get rewarded for giving two crores, not 100. In heaven. I'm sorry. In heaven. You're going to go into heaven and every bit of generosity that you showed on earth, when you gave to the poor, when you gave to the Lord's work, when you were faithful with your tithe, God is going to multiply that and reward you based on the multiplied number. Do you get that? Do you get that? That's not fair. It's not fair. You gave only 100 rupees. I saw you. But God is like, yeah, but he gave. And when he gave, he was being like me. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son. So the one and only begotten son has become all these begotten sons. It wouldn't have happened if God hadn't given. Are you with me? God promises he will multiply what I give him. Number nine. God promises my giving is stored up in heaven and that there is a bank account and God is going to send over everything I do. He's going to translate and change that currency and send it over. Several times, five times, Jesus says, treasure for yourself, treasure for yourself. Whatever God has given you by doing this, you will store up real treasure for yourself. It is the only safe investment for eternity. So how do I fund my eternal bank account? By giving, by giving faithfully. Jesus says, your worldly resources to benefit others and make eternal friends. In this way, you, your generosity stores up a reward in heaven. So you can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. You can't take it with you, but you can send it on. I know you're tired. Let's review all nine. Number one, good things will happen to me when he bless. He will bless me. Number two, my children will be blessed. Number three, he will bless my work and business. Number four, I will be happier, joyful, happy. Number five, my influence will increase. Number six, I will end up with more. Number seven, God will meet all my needs. Number eight, God will multiply whatever I give him. And number nine, my giving is stored up in heaven. So the real question isn't about money. The real question is, will I trust God? Will I trust God? When God says, look at me, listen to me, look at me, listen to me, look at me. When God says, I want you to bring in the first tenth of your income and give it to my house. 90% you take to your house. 10% you give me. When God says, do that and then challenge me to give back to you. Dare me to give back to you. You do that premise and I promise I will take care of everything. I will make you happier. I will supply all your needs and I will make you generous in every possible way. You and I need to stop and ask, Lord, are you challenging me to tithing? Are you challenging me, say, because I've never tithed or I have become slack in my tithing. Oh God, are you challenging me? Malachi chapter 3 verse 8 uh, and following. Is it right to rob God? Answer. Yet you are robbing me, says the Lord. But you ask, how are we robbing you? By not returning your tithes and offerings. Bring your whole tithe into my storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this and see if I will not throw open the windows of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room for you to store it. The only promise God ever gives of unconditional support and blessing is in the area where you have been disciplined about tithing. Are you disciplined about tithing? 
Is that something that is a conviction for you? Have you understood that this is not an idea? This is not supporting Pastor Jeremy or anything else. This is God saying, my work I'll do in 10%. Your work I can handle in 90%. This is God's tithing challenge. Why is tithing so important to spiritual growth? Number one, it unlocks all the promises that we talked about. Number two, the purpose of tithing is to teach me to put God first. Number three, tithing draws us closer to God. It makes where your heart is, where your treasure is there, your heart is going to be. Stand up everyone. Please stand to your, to your feet. This is not a small matter. This is not another sermon. This is not just another teaching. This is God saying, I promise you. I promise you. And promises are made at the altar, correct? Promises are made in the presence of God. Solemn. And God is saying, I promise you. Listen to this. He's saying, I promise you all of these blessings, my presence, and unconditional support, if you will take my work seriously, and if you will give me the first tenth of your income. My heart says, one tenth, I'll give you more. What is your heart saying? I don't want anybody to move around, and I don't want you to destroy this moment, especially the team. Stop it, stand still. You are in the presence of God and the word, word has not ended yet. A lot of the times we don't hear God's word and we miss the moment God is speaking to us is because of the distractions around us. God wants, to take, wants you to take this seriously because he takes this promise to you very seriously. Psalm 106 says this, verse 12. Then they believed his promise and sang his praise. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Father God, our problem is not money. Our problem is that we don't trust you. We trust the mutual funds, investment bankers, BSE, We, in, we trust Wall Street more. We trust our chartered accountants and our bankers more to multiply our money than we trust you. We confess that that is true. We confess that many of us have not put you first. And that we have not taken this as a command from you to tithe. And that we have living, been living by robbing you. And at the same time demanding and asking you to bless our money, bless our profession, increase our income, increase our import. We have the audacity to ask you to bless us. When the premise has not been met and we have not been faithful to what you asked us first. And therefore many of us are stretched. We are empty. We are anxious. We are stressed. We are running out of resources right, left and center. And then we have the audacity to say that God is not providing me. God is not blessing me. You are not a child. You are not a man to play games. You will not play games with us. You are God and you demand and when your demands are met, you bless. 
And in this church, we teach that God is God and we are not. God is not our friend. He's like a friend, but he's not our friend. He's not an old auntie we are supporting. He's not a poor man on the road that we are giving alms to. He's the God we worship and who is the proprietor of the air that is in my lungs right now. With every head bowed and every eye closed, tell God the truth about where you stand with regard to tithing. Don't tell me, tell God. And ask God to give you the ability to make a commitment right now, either to continue and be faithful or to start this month. Not for the church's sake, but so that God would know that you trust what he's saying is true. That you will trust him more than banks, trust him more than currencies, trust him more than economy. That you will trust God more. And the problems that you have faced and you are experiencing are because you have not previously trusted him. That you have not given, not because you don't have. But you don't have because you have not given. Oh God, we come before you and we repent of our ways. And we ask you to search our hearts and see if there's anything in us that is stopping us from obeying you. We will be a church. We will be a church, a family, a community that does as you ask. We will be obedient. So take our feeble commitment today and our commitment to meet the premise before we enjoy the promise. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each and every one of us through this week, through this week, through this month, and even forevermore. Amen. I love you. That's why I tell you the truth. And if you're offended, take it up with Jesus. You'll come back loving him. <laughs>